Welcome to Closer to Christ, the sermon podcast from St. Paul's Lutheran Church and The Bridge in Muskego, Wisconsin. You can learn more about our ministries at stpaulmuskego.org. And now for this week's message. Dear younger me, where do I start? If I could tell you everything that I have learned so far, then you could be one step ahead of all the painful memories still running through my head. I wonder how much different things would be, dear younger me. If you listen to Christian music, you're familiar with that song. It's a kind of a haunting song because all of us deal with regret. Things that we wish we would have done differently. And, and if we could just talk to our younger selves, if we could write a letter to our younger selves, what would we write? What, what mistakes could we avoid by, by warning our younger selves of those things? Because regret is just a part of life. As the song goes on, it becomes evident that very often we are struggling to deal with regret, the could-haves, the would-haves, the should-haves of life in a, in a dysfunctional way, and, and that regret holds us back. Uh, Satan uses it to push us down. And so, during this Dear Younger Me message series, we want to confront that whole idea of regret. What would you want your younger self to know about the biblical way to deal with regret? Regret over some of those life-changing sins that, that a, a dean at Luther Prep talked about. He, he said... Thank you. He, he, he talked about how, how he, he just prays that teens uh, are saved from life-changing sins and, and the regret there, but, but also regret about some of the, the smaller decisions we made. How, how can we deal with that regret and move forward? Today, as we take a look at the gospel lesson that's traditionally appointed for Ash Wednesday, we see three different ways to deal with regret. It's the parable that Jesus told of the tax collector and the Pharisee in Luke chapter 8, beginning at verse 9. To some who were confident of their own righteousness and looked down on everyone else, Jesus told this parable. Two men went up to the temple to pray. One a Pharisee and the other a tax collector. The Pharisee stood by himself and prayed, God, thank you that I am not like other people, robbers, evildoers, adulterers, or even like this tax collector. I fast twice a week and give a tenth of all I get. But the tax collector stood at a distance. He would not even look up to heaven, but beat his breast and said, God, have mercy on me, a sinner. 
I tell you that this man, other, went home justified before God. For all those who exalt themselves will be humbled, and those who humble themselves will be exalted. The Pharisee is one way deal with regret. No, no. The Pharisee doesn't seem to be anyone who has anything to regret. You know, he's, he's got this veneer of religiosity. He can boast and brag about, about how he is fastidiously keeping the law. Everybody else looks up to him. But if we had known any Pharisee personally, we would have known, oh, they're, they're human just like us. And they have things that they regret too. Oh, people may kind of look at us as Pharisees too. Because they may look at, at us as, as, as Christians and 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 where we are in life, and they see the outside, and they say, you have nothing to regret. Everything has gone great in your life, but you know that's not the case. So how do you deal with that regret? There's a temptation to take on the posture of the Pharisee. Oh, God, I thank you that I'm going to forget about all the things I'm ashamed of. I thank you that I am not like those other people. Is that perhaps why we, we get, have so much fascination with, with uh, you know, celebrity gossip? Oh God, thank you Lord that I am not like those people. You know, we can deal with regret by, by just trying to hide it and pretend that there's nothing in our lives that, that we have to regret. The trouble with that is that the regret is still there and you are absolutely useless in God's kingdom. Who wants to share with you the burdens of their heart if your approach to life is, oh God, I am thankful that I am not like these people. What you do is you, we end up shutting off our, any opportunity to share the faith that we've got. And on this Ash Wednesday, as, as we, we approach our God, just to examine our own hearts and minds, where, where has this pride and arrogance of the Pharisee been present in our lives as well? Where have some of our, our friends, our, our co-workers, detected a, a hypocritical, pharisaical attitude that we wouldn't talk like that, we wouldn't do things like that, and they feel judged by us. I wonder, you know, the Pharisee was saying this out loud, right? God, I thank you that I am not like other people like this tax collector. I wonder if the tax collector could hear. How do you think the tax collector felt? Oh, Lord, how many times have we done that? 
that by our actions we've given the impression there is nothing that I need to regret. And by doing that, we have left everybody around us in judgment. Judgment from us, perhaps, but more importantly, in their own minds, judgment from God. Obviously, that's not the, the posture that we want as we deal with regret. God, I'm thankful that you're not, I'm not like other people. No, no. The posture that we want as, as, as Christians, right, is the posture that we had as we approached to have our, the, the ashes put on our forehead. God, be merciful upon me, a sinner. And that's certainly true, isn't it? The tax collector had to admit that. You and I have to admit that. God, be merciful upon me, a sinner. There are things that, that we know that we've done that we regret. Like I said, some of the big things in life, there are decisions that you made, sinful decisions, that perhaps have changed the direction of your life, and, and, and it bothers you to this day. There may be just these little decisions of life that you made that you still kind of go back and go, if only I'd done something different. God, be merciful upon me, a sinner. Be merciful for the sins that I know I've committed. Be merciful upon me for the sins that I'm not even aware of. King David said, you know, who can discern his errors? Forgive my hidden faults. Oh Lord, I am a sinner. That's the good Lutheran posture, isn't it? I'm a sinner. But I see somebody smiling. It's gone. Something's missing. Something's missing. Just like the Pharisee won't attract people to the Savior that we love by, by us going, oh, I'm glad that I'm better than that person. We aren't going to attract people to the Savior when the posture that we have primarily is I am a sinner and God should condemn me. It's right that we approach God in that way but sometimes we as Christians have this idea that, that this, this posture of, of, of repentance and constant sorrow for sin is the primary posture. This is who we are. We are sinners. This is our identity. And, and I've had people tell me, why should I go to church? I feel guilty already. but there's only two people in this story, right? What other posture could there be? There's the Pharisee, thank you, Lord. There's the tax collector, God have mercy. But then there's Jesus' interpretation. He said, this man, the penitent tax collector, went home justified. Justified means that you are declared not guilty. It's a courtroom term. That a judge declares somebody not guilty. And it's really important to think through what does that mean? 
A judge never ever says, you didn't do it. A judge never says, it was no big deal. That's not what not guilty means. Not guilty means you are not subject to punishment. You are not subject to judgment. We come and we admit it is a big deal. Some of the regrets that are just overwhelming, an overwhelming burden on our hearts. It's a big deal. And nobody can say, oh, it, was, it, it didn't happen. Yes, it did. But God isn't saying it didn't happen. It's not a big deal. What he's saying is you are justified. God says, I judge you not guilty. You don't have to bear the weight of that guilt any longer, that, that feeling that you should be punished because God says, I'm not going to punish you. You're not guilty in my sight. How is that possible? The epistle lesson brought that out beautifully, didn't it? God made him, Jesus, who had no sin to be sin for us so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. The great exchange. Justified. I I love the way the Old Testament lesson ends. The Old Testament lesson ends with this statement that the Redeemer will return to Zion to those in Jacob who repent of their sins. Do you remember what Jacob means? Got to be a wrestler and then you appreciate it. Heel grabber. Thank you, David. Heel grabber. There'd always be somebody every year wrestling who would, who would kind of fake that he's going down to tie his, his shoe and then reach out and grab the other guy's heel. Heel grabber, deceiver, cheater. That was Jacob's original name. We know him as Israel. He, he, he wrestles with God. That's a great name. But Jacob was not a, a, a great name in Hebrew. Heel grabber, deceiver. The redeemer. The Savior God comes to those in Jacob, in this family of people who live with regret. Jacob was a man of regret. You and I, men and women of regret. But the Redeemer came to save Jacob and us. So what's the right posture? You know, in our logo, look at the front of the worship folder. The logo right up on the top of our worship folder.
That logo is meant to remind us that Jesus came forth victorious from the tomb. The, the, the empty square pictures Jesus' tomb. He comes forth victorious to a new life. It is also meant to celebrate that you and I can go forth with this posture, not of God have mercy upon me, but with this joyful posture of praise to our God who has graciously announced forgiveness to us. This is the posture that will draw people to the Savior as they see that we can take on the regret of the past, that we know that our God has dealt with it, and and other people may still suffer because of it. We'll talk about that. Other people may still judge us because of that. But you and I, we know that there is one person's judgment that makes all the difference in the world. And you and I go justified, forgiven, free. That song, Dear Younger Me, ends with this verse. Dear Younger Me, it's not your fault. You were never meant to carry this burden beyond the cross. Dear Younger Me, you are holy, you are righteous. You are one of the redeemed, set apart, a brand new heart. You are free indeed. Brothers and sisters, let's claim that posture of freedom. Let's leave regret behind. There are two responsive readings that I've put into the worship folder. One that we'll read right now from Romans chapter 5, where we will claim this justification that we are free. We leave regret behind. And then after communion, we're going to recapture that the promises of the new covenant that is present in Jesus' blood, and we are going to claim those promises for ourselves so that you and I, by faith in the Savior, leave Regret behind. This is what the younger me needed to hear. This is what I need to hear right now. So I ask you to please stand and let's join together in reading responsibly this section from, that includes Romans chapter 5. Therefore, since we have been justified through faith, We have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. God knows what I have done, and yet he is at peace with me. That is enough. Through our Lord Jesus Christ, we have gained access by faith into this grace in which we now stand. I stand in grace. I live in God's unconditional love. I am now and will always be a saint, a holy person, perfect in God's sight. Because of what I have done, but because of what Jesus has done for me. We boast in the hope of the glory of God. We walk away from God's altar with my head held high 
and my arms uplifted in confident praise. Amen. Thanks for joining us on the Closer to Christ sermon podcast from St. Paul's Lutheran Church and The Bridge in Muskego, Wisconsin. Closer to Christ podcasts are from our current sermon series and are released every Monday morning. For live stream services and other ministry information, please visit us online at stpaulmuskego.org.